Blog Talk Radio. Especially since one was your father. Yes, yes. And 
as I said in the intro, Daniel, I can't remember. if It's been a while since you've been on the show, and it's really nice to have you here again. And I can't remember if it was before or after my father transitioned. And, and you know, I, of course, am so connected to this in the heart space, and it was a pretty amazing experience being with him. Now, we didn't have a Twilight Brigade volunteer with us at the time, and um, I, I really, having experienced this, having known what this is like, I, I would love to explore just what you are doing, you and your volunteers at the bedsides of veterans. Well, I've been a hospice volunteer in the VA system for 31 years. Yeah. Because uh, I'm older than dirt. But uh, <laughs> I have more than 32,000 hours at the bedside. Yeah. And I've been with 2,008 people going from this world to the next and 341 taking their last breath. And I'm a combat veteran Marine myself. So I have a deep understanding of what people go through, especially those who have served in the military. I mean, we we have so become disconnected from uh, our military because they're hired they're paid, they're not draftees, they are, we disassociate from them, and we're losing probably between fifty-five and 60,000 every 30 days. So it's a busy time for veterans, and we have so many coming back from Afghanistan and Iraq, and now we're moving into the Vietnam era of those mm-hmm. passing. And there's so many similarities, Susan, between the Vietnam era and the Afghan and Iraq era because it has the same problems. You didn't know who your enemy was. You, They didn't wear uniforms. You have no rear echelon. You have no base to retreat back to. And you're in the middle of the dogfight. So you have a lot of PTSD and traumatic brain injuries and a lot of problems that are occurring that's really going to affect another generation. But what I decided to do, you know, everybody knows the the story, at least, t- at least 20 million people I know of who read Saved by the Light and, yes. and Peace in the Light, they know that you come to a place in a panoramic life review, you see your entire life pass before you in a 360-degree panorama. You watch it from a second-person point of view as though you were your own best friend. And then you literally become every person that you ever encounter, and you feel the direct results of your interaction between you and that person. This is how it happens. I guess because I hear people describe a panoramic life review in different uh, vernaculars and different conversations, I guess my description of the panoramic view is just for us obsessive-compulsive people. (laughs) But once you become every person that you ever encounter... And you feel the direct results. This was the transitional point for me. And at the end of it, there comes, and this is my own languaging, but the purpose of this life is that if God could not come today and God sent you, in the life you just reviewed, what difference did you and God make? And I thought that through as I spent two years learning to walk and feed myself, you know, struck by lightning, dead for 28 minutes, Completely paralyzed for six days, partially paralyzed for seven months, two years to learn to walk and feed myself. 
So I had a lot of time to think about if God couldn't come today. And I had a chance to look at what a absolute jackass I grew up as. So I decided I wanted to be a hospital. I first thought about nursing. Okay, uh-huh. complete change from a combat Marine. But then I decided I wanted to be a hospice volunteer because I knew what was next. I understood it. I had time to think about it, and I started out completely separate from it. You know, I was not an atheist, but agnostic. I just couldn't buy into, you know, I'm from South Carolina, and everybody goes to hell from from South Carolina, (laughs) from the fundamental, you know, from that fundamental fire and brimstone. I never could buy into question. Yeah, sure. about that, because I come from that background, too, and my, my father, I mean, not from the South, but the evangelical background, and how much did that, here's a, here's kind of a dual question as you're you're exploring this, is how much did your, your own fundamentalist background impact whatever fears you might have going into death? Because it seems to me that a lot of people who have that background, I can speak to this myself for quite a long time, are afraid of hell. You know, and and how how did that influence you, and how does that help veterans? And 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 you know, I always feel evangelicals need extra comfort just to you know give them a little boost <laughs> because of that concept of of hell. Well, think about killing children. Uh huh. Think about World War Two, walking into a village. Think about Vietnam, walking into a yeah. village and realize that you've killed the children, the dogs, exactly. the pigs, uh-huh. the old people. How yeah. does an evangelical rationalize that when you're lying in a bed waiting to go from this world to the next? They yeah. all think they're going to hell. Yeah. Okay, yeah. well, I didn't care. In my, uh-huh. Growing up, I grew up as a tough guy, Susan, you know. Yeah, no, I, I know played you did. sports. I, I, you know, it didn't, I had no problems. Uh, I'd hit you in the face first before the conversation started. I yeah. mean, I had to get your attention, and this was my basic way, and... When it got down to this thing about hell, this is what I always thought. Uh-huh. If my God had an enemy, uh-huh. then wherever that enemy was, was the place I wanted to go. Wow. And uh-huh. if it was hell, then hell is where I want to go. Uh-huh. Because the last thing I ever want to believe, do, or think in my life is to get my hands around Satan's throat. Uh-huh. And the last thing I want to remember is strangling that sucker. Wow. So I can't understand why so many evangelicals are afraid of something that blocks them from their God. Yes. Whatever it is I, that mm-hmm. does that, I need to face it. I need to deal with it. And if it's eternal damnation that's going to come, it's my, It's never what you do in life. It's why you do it. And why I want to do it if my God, this loving presence that I have encountered in all three journeys to the other side, if yeah. that's where that enemy is, then may I go to hell. Uh-huh. The last thing I want to do is uh, hit Satan or the devil. You know, you can't call it Lucifer because if you go back and you look at who Lucifer really was, Lucifer, the whole terms that evangelicals use to describe Lucifer, none of that is true. Yeah. Lucifer was an angel. He was uh-huh. not Satan or the devil or any of that. He was the morning star. 
but whatever context, I don't believe there's any such thing as hell because as, as many times as I've been through it and as many of the thousands of people that I've talked to, it becomes a stupid concept. No one's going to hell unless the panoramic life of you, of you being everyone you've ever encountered, uh, becomes that point because for me it was a rather hellish experience because I was such a uh, a bastard. Yeah. So yeah, for but it people, changed veterans, your life. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's probably what it would took. You know, they have to kill me every ten or fifteen years <laughs> just to keep me interested in the subject matter. So you know, as uh-huh. you know, we obsessive compulsive people, we get distracted very easily. But my point about veterans, Susan, is that yeah. we all owe a certain debt. Yes. For what these guys are going through. Yes. And I've been around them. And I've spent uh, literally my adult life at the bedside. They need comfort. Yes. They need people to come and see them. Most of them have alienated themselves from their families because you reject the people you love because you feel unworthy. And when you think back through a, a, a village hit with napalm, and you walk through there, and there's nothing you can do. Think of this. I mean, I know it's hard for people to believe, but napalm is white phosphorus. As long as there's air, it burns. You come through a village, and you see a an 80-year-old woman burning, and she's screaming. And if you shoot her, then you draw sniper fire. And if you you can't do anything except keep moving and clear the village, where are you going to be when you're lying in a bed and you're 80 years old and that memory is the only one you have? So I created the Twilight Brigade Mm -hmm. because most World War II guys never talked about it, and they called it shell shock. Then they called it battle fatigue. Now they call it post-traumatic stress disorder. And you realize that probably 400,000 kids have come back from Afghanistan and Iraq in this shape. And they covered it up during World War II. So I figured that if I'm going to be every person that I ever encounter, and I'm going to feel the direct results of my interaction between me and that person, then what I look forward to is this. That person in his last days, hours, minutes is looking up at me, and I can't wait, which I've already done, to see what they're looking up at. Mm -hmm. They get a chance to dwell in the face of the divine. And that's the reason I do it. And I know that it's smart to do it because I get a chance to see the divine presence of myself, which we rarely see in this life, but I get a chance to see what that person is looking at. So with a group of friends and experts, I designed a program that's a 20-hour program, so it meets all the qualifications of the National Hospice and Palliative Care Foundation, and it creates an art form of how to take a veteran and how to deal with what that veteran is going through and to create open-ended questions. Many times, Susan, and it's like everybody, but many times when a person gets to talk to someone who's got time to listen. They can usually work out a lot of their issues. And the techniques that the Twilight Brigade use, I am now, we're in its 20th year. And
and we we've trained probably eight thousand people, but in hospice, I think that I've brought probably thirty thousand people to the hospice programs because this is a way that not only do you engage and face yourself mm-hmm. and the fears that you have, you empower other people to be able to deal with it who a lot of times in their last days, weeks, and hours. And that gives people inner spiritual strength because you had to first face you in order to be able to help people. And the thing that's most important for everybody who's listening and for everybody who's not listening is the definition of one word, inevitable. Mm -hmm. Everybody will be a hospice volunteer sooner or later. The more you know about this illusion that's become a delusion called death, the more empowered you are to live your life. Because it's not death that's important. It's this life that's important. Because I, without any question, can factually state no one ever dies. It will never happen. So once that becomes the, the paradigm of your reality, then you refocus on this life. Catherine and I are writing our second book. We wrote Secrets, but mm-hmm. we're writing our second book, and uh, it'll be the fourth book. But it's it's called Ten Things to Know Before You Go. And you know, I have a sense of humor, Susan. Most people don't realize when, when I oh, start talking about ever? veterans. Yeah, but when I start talking you. about veterans, then yeah. this is a, so important to me because we neglect them. Yeah. I mean, I, I I can speak categorically about the Americans' concern about the veteran. They don't have it. Yeah. The American people have somehow disengaged because it's not their children. It's not yeah. draftees. We don't interact. We don't want to think about the last couple of wars because we've lost them. We don't want to think about that during my period in the Vietnam era, uh, two out of ten made it. Now, eight out of ten make it. And they come home with no arms and no legs, with brain damage. And they're survived, and then wives and children and parents have to take care of them. And uh, whole lives are destroyed because of war. And I know, I I watch, I go to Congress, I fight for their rights, I fight for widows' rights. I'm in the middle of a battle with the VA over three women whose husbands served more than 20 years in the Marine Corps, and the government is not paying them what they promised to pay them. And I fight this every day, and I'm, I'm dealing with this kind of stuff every day. We as Americans have lost that because we are losing wars because they have no meaning. It's only business. It's only selling weapons. It's not about any great cause. And I listen to guys say, they said, you know, we went to Kandahar and America went to the mall. So for everybody that's out there listening, in your prayers, because that's all I can ever ask people to do, is in your prayers, Think about these men and women who, in the name of you, 
have reached out and tried their best to serve. And what they come home to is a world completely separate from war, who doesn't want to hear about it, know about it, think about it, or become in any way responsible for it. And I hate to say that about this country, but I've been a hospice volunteer 38 years and 31 years in the VA. So, you know, whoever tries to say anything different, I just need them to come and try to say it to me. Yes, I, I think many of us are coming to believe this, Dan, and even, even those of us who haven't witnessed it as directly as you have, um, it, it just feels like we are not supporting, you know, we pour all this money into the war. As you say, it's become, um, I really feel, the military-industrial complex is out of control. I mean, that's, I that's how I feel. And um, it's it's then creating these people who are wounded. I mean, just in both mentally, mentally and, physically, you know, physically, and emotionally, and their families. I mean, everybody. And it's true. Those of us who are not, although I tell you, Daniel, anymore, I think we're all touched by it in one way. There's one way that we're touched by it. Many of us is that we know somebody. You know, especially if you have any connection. For some reason, the South tends to get hit a lot. I don't know what it is with veterans. And, but, you know, I, I used to, to, to be related to people in the Ozarks, for example, and it was more common for, for high school kids. They got, you know, they got to a certain age, and they went off to the, to the military. I mean, that would happen more. There. Well, you, had, you had three choices. You, get a job, you went to college, you got a job, or you joined the military, and that's how you would uh-huh. escape much of what it i mean i had those options but you have to look at this this is this is the scary part about it i live in it all the time we are about and this is this is scary for me america goes on about its business okay and we are about to enter a war again in iraq and syria yeah where the chinese and the Russians are. When you have Chinese military, you have Russians, and you have Americans, we, the United States, are the funders of ISIL, our so-called enemy. We are the creators and the funders. So when you put Russians, Chinese, and Americans all in one country, what do you think is going to happen? Well, there are those who are, I mean, I will tell you that I have a, I believe we're going to need a miracle in this world. I mean, I actually believe that. But if you want to look at it in a mundane, old way, it's going to be World War Three. I mean, a lot of people are afraid of World War Three. I know that. And this is a show about fear, and so I always... I always say we're, we're, there are miracles possible, and there's like two different tracks going on right now. But, yeah, I, I mean, to, it listen, doesn't sound good. I, I'm <laughs> devoted to your side. Let me yeah. tell you something. Yeah. I am a belief in a miracle because I'm breathing. I and know I you believe, are. I believe that I represent a wake-up call. You know, yes. I, I'm out here doing these shows, and I'm out here presenting because I am a realist. I'm not woo-woo just because mm-hmm. I've been dead. Mm-hmm. I always call that the swami business. 
But I'm not in any of that. And people who read Saved by the Light saw that 40 years ago I started talking this stuff. And 21 years ago I wrote it in a book. Yeah. I mean, it was called The Boxes of Knowledge. They have come true. I missed the dates. Uh-huh. Because nothing was carved in stone, but I haven't missed anything else. And yeah. we sit right now at world war or world peace. We sit yeah. right now. Okay? And when you stop and you look at that, and we're not thinking about it, and we're not questioning our officials, and uh, I saw where the president is moving elite troops the Russians have 150,000. The Chinese have their uh, uh, have a carrier fleet. American uh, fighter jets are passing within feet of Russian SUs, uh, Russian MiG-29s and SUs. Okay, we have drones. We have the uh, we have we have what's called. Uh, 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 what's called Greater Syria. And it's all, when you step back away from it, Susan, and you look at it, and you go and read the great, the new American century. Uh-huh. It was a paper published by uh, all the people, Cheney and Rumsfeld and, and Wolfowitz, and you will see that they designed this to take down Libya and Syria and Iraq and Iran. This was a design plan called the New American Century, and they never have stopped executing it. Even with the war crimes created by the last president and Cheney and Rumsfeld and all these people, if anybody just looks up the New American Century, you will see that they're following this path. I I have the greatest hope, and it's a, it's a it's a belief system. And why I've been out here for for you know what thirty five years talking about this stuff. Change it, not yeah. because I'm afraid. I'm not afraid of war. I've been in one. I'm not afraid of pain. I've been in pain, and I am the last person who's afraid of death. I think that's all mm-hmm. funny. Mm-hmm. What I'm afraid of. Is people's lack of identifying spiritual value and the military industrial complex, like he said, they are driving us into a war that will never end. Yes. That way they rationalize terror. So all this stuff that you hear about terror and the, think about the Patriots Act and think about this new budget. This new budget that in a few days, or when probably maybe when this airs, when we will have passed a budget that's three trillion dollars. Yeah. That means that it will never be paid. You know, and it meanwhile, will... yeah, I mean, look at what we're not paying for during that time. And you know, the question I have, Daniel, because I really see that greed is at the basis of all of this. In fact, a friend of mine kind of um, synchronistically, I think yesterday, said something like, um, thought that capitalism was like the most evil thing on the planet. Well, rampant greed. And and it just feels to me, Daniel, it all has to do with um, this this 
this group of of elite essentially that is in control right now that it's just all about feeding the wealth i mean that's it i mean it just keeps well, going power. and going and power. power leads to other Both. power leads yeah. to other places i mean yeah. i worked in washington you know i understand all that power leads to different levels of consciousness Okay, yeah. and how well, most of the time it's perversion. But if you stop for a moment, Susan, you start thinking uh-huh. a minute. Uh-huh. If you look at American capitalism, which is godless capitalism, I, I, me, me. Yeah, very selfish. We, we are indoctrinated to raise our children to become narcissistic sociopaths. Uh-huh. And when you look at what a narcissistic sociopath and you look at the most successful people, in in America, this is who, except maybe uh, Berkshire Hathaway, maybe him, but the rest are narcissistic sociopaths. Bill Gates, he wants to euthanize the planet. I mean, he wants to, I look at the Gates Foundation, and I look at the investments in Monsanto, and I look at what he's doing. And watching to see that he's created himself into a godlike image, and so when you start to look at that, these people who who have disdain for we who walk among everybody that has a disdain, it goes back almost to a biblical time of a consciousness of the Christ, the Romans, the ruling elite, and then the 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 peasants or the minions who are under them, and I see this, I watch it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The greatest joy that I get from uh, from any of this is knowing that no one gets away with anything. Uh-huh. No one. You've, you've seen it. Well, you've seen they're that. going to see everything that they let happen, and they're going to be every person. The other day, I was at, we were Catherine and I were in Romania, uh-huh. and we were watching the news of the of the uh, migrants, the people yeah. coming into Europe. Yeah, and yeah. Catherine said, "What in the world?" I said, "We need to elect women." Mm-hmm. I said, "Because no woman is going to sit and watch a young lady with two children who haven't had water and who haven't eaten crossing the crossing the Mediterranean and coming to Europe and sleeping under plastic wraps." And now, what's going to happen is Europe will be in the middle of winter and it's mm-hmm. cold and they will, those babies yeah. will those babies will freeze to death people will die of starvation and you will see a worldwide uprising this could only happen if it was planned mm-hmm. it could only happen it cannot just have happened it was planned look at us we took uh, the southern borders because we're going to create the United States of North America. We're going to make Canada so we have access to the Arctic, the United States, oil and minerals in Canada, and the Arctic. And then we'll have the United States for intellectual power, and then we'll have Mexico as the labor force. So when people started to build a wall and seal the walls, this is all planned. You can't have 10, 11, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, and 11 year old children crossing the border without help. 
And so if you take an immigration crisis and you turn it into a humanitarian issue, all right, then here's my issue for happy, uh, for, for Memorial Day. 44% of the homeless people in America are veterans. 14% of that 44% are combat female veterans with at least one child. We're going to house immigrants, and we can't house our veterans. This is evil. I mean, when you when America can can take veterans and female veterans with children and leave them in the street and create housing for immig- for people coming from Nicaragua and and El Salvador, Mexico, and they neglect the veteran, then something is spiritually and seriously gone wrong with the con- consciousness of the Americas. You know something, Dan, and I think that that we lose sight of so often is is a lot of times people view it as some kind of either or or you know let's be compassionate to this group and not to this group. But what the real path is for the enlightened path for this world is compassion all the way around. If you don't, I you know, it's fine that way, and and yet we're spending so much money on the war machine, I mean, I really think that I have come to the conclusion that, you know, to we we really do need need to see a miracle, and we are seeing more. I mean, I think that individually people are experiencing miracles in their lives, but the answer is always going to have to be compassion, and and to get to that point is going to require a lot of trust. I mean that—that's what I tend to believe in the divine. Well, I, I think also this action, compassion, yeah, and action. That too. I mean, I have a group next week in Los Angeles. Thirty people have come to take the compassion action training to be at the bedside. I mean, I'm now uh-huh. over—I'm now over seven thousand people, and I probably brought maybe thirty thousand into the hospice world. Because once you see what war is, and once you sit at that bedside and you understand it, we must think war impossible. And when when you're smart enough and live long enough, you realize that we're trying to control oil and gold and drugs. There are three gods. There is drugs. Look at Afghanistan. When we went into Afghanistan, the Afghan people produced 65 tons of of heroin, 65 tons. Since the United States took over and we went in there, they're averaging 6,320 tons. Wow. From 65 tons to 6,000 tons. Now, when you stop and you think about that and you realize that what in, and when I was a kid, what cost uh, $600 for a gram of heroin, you can buy it now for $80. Mm-hmm. And who's controlling that? Can only be us. There's no one else who could allow it to happen. We were the force in the military there. 
And what did we do about it? Nothing. What did we do about uh, this this big issue of where these guys came forward about? Uh, we were backing a group that were raping children, and they were bringing children on the bases and raping them. And guys got into trouble. Because one soldier got into trouble because he beat the crap out of a guy who was raping a little boy in the barracks next to him. And he got disciplined and forced out of the military because they said it was a cultural issue over there. And this guy, I hear this when I sit in the triangle, which is where all the guys kind of gather, and I listen to their stories. I hear hundreds of these stories. Hundreds. And this is overlooked because it's a part of their cultural heritage. Well, I don't really know where that cultural heritage could have come from, and I don't really understand it. But I wouldn't have lasted in the military very long uh, if I had seen that. And I think about it, and I listen to these 23-year-old guys tell me what their commanding officers told them. And not one, not isolated. You're talking... Dozens and dozens telling the same story, and bringing these kids on the base, not out in the in in where it could happen, but to legitimize it in the eyes of a a guy fighting for a country, America, and for them to have to ignore that. Give me a break. So the miracle we have to see yeah. is we opening up our eyes to what we are really doing and what we are really, what our real intentions are, you know, what our real intentions are. And when you look at what our real intentions are and you talk to guys who have just come back and they did six tours, they're crazy. And they listen to stories about rape and you listen to all of this stuff then there is no way that we as Americans can hold our head up high and allow this to happen, but we're doing it. You know, sometimes... So on this Memorial Day... Yes, on this... this, Yes. But on this Memorial Day, this is the day to change. Yeah. This is the day to face it and look at it, and instead of drowning our own sorrow... I mean, and to whine about it, to get involved. Go down and volunteer. Go down and volunteer to VA. Hear the stories yourself. Write your congressman. I absolutely terrorize my representatives. <laughs> I terrorize them. I question Is it, is it I enough, them. though, Daniel? Is it enough? I mean, sometimes I think that whatever's whatever's coming is, is a, a, a huge shift, and... And I don't know how it'll really come about, but it just feels like we're ready to shift out of this entire way that we've been operating. That it just, you know, the old ways just don't work anymore. And and we need to It's happening to shift. today, Susan. It's happening today. Uh-huh. You have the three most powerful nations in the world supporting individual terror groups in Syria. It's going to happen. You know, people can think whatever. 
Yeah. We I, watch I it, it unfold. It's going to happen. <laughs> We're going to see clashes between the Russians, the Americans, and the Chinese. And they're all going to take sides. And it's like Putin says, the president of Russia, he says uh, America created ISIL. He has bombed them literally into oblivion. And we've been talking about them for four years. And they're using American weapons. They just, I just saw a study from the United Nations. ISIL has Toyota pickup trucks with with machine guns mounted on the back. You know, we see all that on the news. Mm-hmm. Those Toyota trucks were made in Tennessee. Question for you, Daniel. Do you believe that having come from an evangelical background as I did, I'm actually the granddaughter of an evangelical minister, um, although I wasn't in that tradition. He was Assemblies of God. And it did Hallowed. influence it did influence the family. But I'm not. But I, I grew up more in a kind of a it more like Baptist like you. Um although and some Baptists actually, but all different things. There's a lot of different traditions. But in any case, the question is I see a lot of people focused on how they view the end times. And, you know, there are a lot of people in the military that that view the end times in a certain way. Many of us were raised with this, and, you know, the question becomes, do they maybe have this feeling of inevitability that, well, you know, this is prophecy unfolding, these are the end times, and many of us who heard about this our whole lives are seeing some echoes of what we were taught, and yet I believe love wins. I mean, to borrow, oh, oh, I, I was I using no that question. term a long time, love is going to win. I mean, there's no question. And how do we get – it's kind of a complex question. I'm just going to kind of throw it to you because it's not even exactly a question, but I think you know what I'm getting at, having come – we were raised in a similar way with all of this, and, you know, you there's prophecy run amok <laughs> at the moment. And, and you have your own prophecies that you saw, and you're seeing some of that unfold. And, you know, how do we find that, that faith in the love that, that – divine god is love will take hold in this world and supernaturally very possibly it looks easy all, all the meg gog and megog we're all in syria today it's not coming we're there today we're in ancient syria and it says, you know, when a 200 million man yellow army, like in the Revelation of John, which I don't go all the way, I mean, I'm, you can't die and not study the Bible. But I look at that, the Tigris and the Euphrates, and the, the Euphrates will dry up. Well, they've, the Euphrates uh, is in Iraq, and ISIL has blocked the dam, so it's dry. You can now walk across the dry riverbed. And the Chinese and the Russians and the Americans, Gog and Magog and all that stuff, it's all happening. Now, did we, in believing so much in the fundamental nature of the prophecies of the end times, manifest it? I would have to say yes. Mm -hmm. And do those people who are in control, the elitist, do they not only see the same things and are they helping to manifest it? Yes. So is it some 
has-to-happen uh, prophecy or must happen because in, in order for the return of Christ, okay, then if they think that, then it is planned. You can so watch what's happening. This is this is a design plan of unfoldment. All it takes is this. One identified UFO. One identified extraterrestrial being that comes in aware that becomes a threat to humanity. And I'll bet you in the next two years, I'll bet you in the next two years that something like this will occur. Something. Well, let's let's it, talk about that. I mean, in the news, I've been observing, although I'm a big believer in higher consciousness evolved races, I will say, I mean, look what's in the news right now, Daniel. All of a sudden, don't you find it interesting that all of a sudden they tell us, oh, by the way, there's water on Mars. And then right after that, oh, and guess and what? Pluto. Blue skies on Pluto. And then, to top it off, this kind of... Um, I was a little bit disheartened by this, that there could be a technological race, you know, out there in Cygnus, in that general region, that they, they see some evidence. But isn't that isn't that interesting? The reason why I was, you know, who knows what's really out there, but it's my hope that technological races don't get very far. I mean, that's kind of the way... I would hope that races would go in the universe, although I know there's a lot of evidence that that's that there could be other things. But um, to me, you know, you're not going to get very far as any kind of species unless you become a conscious race or maybe use technology in a in a good way. But the thing is, is what you describe, um, you know, could happen because of these things in the news and at the same time a lot of people are predicting a benevolent a benevolent being you know and then that'll be cast as oh that's the antichrist if he would show up in israel that would pretty much cover it i mean we i saw because I, I look at this stuff because in some of the things from the boxes of knowledge this was this because i never thought about that stuff you know uh-huh. aliens and yeah you were into it really yeah uh-huh. <laughs> nonsense <laughs> but when i saw parts of that in the in the boxes of knowledge that this uh-huh. would come into being i started uh-huh. looking at how many hundreds of billions of planets there are there you go and, it's logical and, 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 num- mm-hmm. and numerically it is impossible to think that we're the only ones here but That's what you ignorant. have to do, yeah, <laughs> yeah. What yeah. you have to do is, if you're looking at fulfillment of prophecy uh, from a biblical evangelical point of view, you watch Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. You don't watch anywhere else. You well, just you watch, watch the Jerusalem. temple. That's that's what we were all. And they're taught. stabbing each yeah. other. Yeah, they're stabbing each other. Yeah. And then you watch the Catholic Church. The Catholic Church is making deals with the Palestinians because all of the Temple Mount and Solomon's and uh, Solomon's Temple is in old, old Jerusalem, old town, mm-hmm. which is until the sixty-seven war was under and is still under the jurisdiction of the Palestinians. And if you watch, do you realize that the Catholics do not recognize? Israel as a nation. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I I don't really know what 
what they have no they have diplomatic relationships, but the Catholic Church does not recognize uh, Israel as a nation because they believe that under the UN bill, I think it's two fourteen, that Jerusalem was declared an international city. And so when you start to look at what's the stabbings and now the Israelis are blocking from people from going to the Temple Mount and going to the uh, Dome of the Rock, and the stabbings are only increasing. And this, 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 whole, this whole issue with the Palestinians, all of this is going to come about in the next two years. This is all going to happen. And where we go and what we think in our prayers and in our thoughts becomes so important. We have to pay attention, everybody. And we have to find some way that we quietly are making a difference. I'm a hospice volunteer, Susan. You put this show on for six years. I commend yeah. you. I celebrate because you create a gateway for people to open up their hearts. I am not Thank a pessimist. You. I'm a divine divine believer in that the divine architect guides us. And we may have opened the hearts of one or two people today looking at the reality of what we as a nation and what our representatives are putting forth and the rules that are being broken just like this. Here is all the rules that uh, the the outgoing Speaker of the House made, the same things that the President made. Everything would be transparent. Everything would be online. Everything would be able to be read for three days before you vote on it. This was what the promise of the President, the promise of the Speaker of the House. Mm-hmm. They've put a new spending bill because it ends. We're broke. Yeah. They put a new spending bill forward yesterday, and they're going to vote on it today, 144 pages, and no debate. So no one's keeping their word. We have to force people to keep their word. And this is my Memorial Day. I, I don't choose politics because I know it's all a lie, but when Hillary just the other day said that the issues dealing with the VA were not near as bad as they say they are, mm-hmm. and that it was reused by the Republicans to create uh, uh, to create problems. She's never been in a VA. Mm-hmm. She's never gone, made rounds with me. She's mm-hmm. never been there. So for her to say that, and for her to even think she's never served in the military, neither she or Bill. And for her to say that with no knowledge of it, who does she think that, that that's going to listen to that? She thinks that veterans and veterans' wives are going to vote for her because they all know what she is saying. And I don't hear enough about veterans in the debates. I mean, I will watch yeah. the debate tonight, but I don't hear them talking about veterans. And we're 26.8 million people. Yeah. And we are, we are, and we have wives, and we have children. So we're probably yeah. 50 million people, and that's votes. 
And we as veterans, most of us vote. So I think that the power lies in not only our intellectual self realizing what you said about the military-industrial complex, but the power of our prayer, the power of our intentions. I get up every day to try to make the world a better place. And I just look at the world around me, and I go down to the veterans' homes, and I go down to the VA, and then I go over to L.A. to the VA or in any city I'm in. If I'm going to do a lecture or do a presentation, I don't sit in the hotel being famous. I go down Mm -hmm. to the soup kitchen, or I go down to the VA, or, you know, I go down to a a nursing home, and I'd rather spend my time with them. And if we start doing that, our hearts are going to open. We're all so used to trying to not be afraid. That terror, which is a political act, it's not an act of war, it's an act of politics. We are creating where immigration and where all these issues, and we're all afraid of ourselves, and we're afraid of our neighbors, and we're creating a mindset like that that makes us easily controlled. When it's your time to go, it'll be your time. And you're not going to go before then because I'm an expert at knowing that you're not going to go till it's your time. Yes, yes. I mean, every time they never gave me a chance to survive ever. And guess what? Mm -hmm. I'm here. Yes, you're here. You're here. So all that stuff that we're living in, our hearts change it, not our mind. It's our hearts that change it. It's the power of our belief in ourselves and the people who live in our neighborhood and what they're thinking about in the collective consciousness. We're being railroaded, America, to not believe in our divine self, but to live in fear of our physical self. Well, I don't have that problem. I'm going to fight for veterans' rights. I'm going to fight for the rights... <clears throat> excuse me, of veterans' wives because they serve too. Yeah. I'm going to fight for their rights until the last breath I breathe, and that's what I'm going to do. And I have been around long enough to watch and see the idiocy of what's being created and how prophecy is coming true, but by design. This was not, this was predicted in the Old Testament. And that had to be used as a marker. It's just all of a sudden amazing that the only way you're going to get to Iran is to take Syria. The only way you're going to control the flow of oil to India and China is to control oil in the Middle East. And you just watch it. I can see it unfold. I can see the... The Catholic Church making a deal with the Palestinians to give them certain control over the Temple Mount. And then the Israelis will be at war with the Catholics. And then Saudi Arabia will have to make a deal with either the Russians or the Chinese because they don't trust America. And then that whole issue, the only reason that this is occurring and the only reason that gasoline is like in South Carolina, it's dollar eighty. Here it's probably two fifty. Is because is because America is producing its own oil, 
and we're producing it. And so this this kind of issue with the OPEC trying to produce more oil and keep pumping it out and selling it on the free market at spot prices is what's creating that. But it's also to keep it out of the hands of the Chinese and India. When you look at that, it's easy to see. But we we must open up our spiritual self, Susan. Yes. And that's, that's why I'm proud of your show. What we it's open about. up our spiritual selves. We we don't we don't think with our minds. We move by our hearts, you yes. know, and that's what yes. we do. So, I want everybody to have a great Memorial Day. It's not a day for hot dogs and hamburgers. It's a day to think about those who have served. But it's even more important to think about those who served and lived, because yes. they need our support. They need jobs. They need ways to get back in their life. They don't need to be drugged to death. I look and look at the kinds of drugs what guys are doing, they're turning away from it. And this is the the one of the things I'm the proudest of. Veterans are stopped taking all the the opiates that are being given. They numb them. They numb them. They give them enough drugs that numb them so they can't think. And then they declare them uh, domestic terrorists, and now they're trying to pass laws that no veteran can possess a weapon. Why? Because they know how to use one. So these issues are important to all of us. And I want people to stop, and I hope that nothing I said today hurt anyone. But if they watch the news and they listen and watch between now and after this next presidential election, this next year, they'll see I was right. Well, I think that, you know, ultimately, and we're just about at the end of the show, and, you know, I am thankful that Blog Talk Radio is supporting this show. We've been on the Blog Talk Radio front page the whole time, and I hope that, you know, people are hearing this. And the thing is, is it all comes down to what you say, that divine love and, you know, that, that we opening are Opening your hearts. Opening our hearts one to, to one another and, and rising above this divisiveness. I mean, so much of what, you know, we can get there and, and, and you know, not turning our back on what's going on. But, well, but, it's turned by design, though. Remember, everybody yeah. shouldn't blame themselves. It is designed. You put just enough biblical prophecy, you put just enough that makes it rationalizingly true and necessary, and then you perpetuate the control and the manipulation of we, okay, of we the people. This is what's happening. It's done by design. Please, everybody, go read the New American Century. It's from, like, 1997, was written in 1997 or 1998. Look who were the authors of it. Look how they've been integrated in, into in the hist into the political issue, and look at what they said they were going to do. And then look at the lives it has cost us, and the treasury it's cost us to implement the elitist agenda for world domination and control. And let's not support it. And I want to tell the live audience who is leaving us, we won't be cut off, Danyan, um, just that. Go to Danyan.com where you can learn about Danyan, the Twilight Brigade, FrontierBeyondFear.com. We're in our sixth year, yes, and, and, and this show will be highlighted there. 
And remember that I love each and every one of you who's listening to this show. And, and I, I love do too. <laughs> I do too. Okay, the live audience. Now we're in the podcast, and there have been people. There are going to be, you know, many people have been with us on the podcast for a while listening um, in the future. And welcome to you guys who've been with us all along. Your energy is with us, present right now. And, you know, I want to take this time, Daniel, at the the end of the show to thank you. Thank you for coming on. You know, it touches my heart, Daniel, that you come to my show. And, you know, I run into you at, at expos, and so it seems like our, our booths are always right next to each other at, at, in I L.A., which great. is fun. And, and um, you know, I am just so delighted that you were here with me today and spending with all the people and with the people who will be listening to the podcast as well. And and just thank you for everything that you're doing for our veterans and you well, know, spreading I, and I your you, light. And thank you for keeping the light lit. And blog talk, to blog talk, I just I think I honor them. I mean, I honor them. I, they've been around a long time, and they they're have. making a difference for individuals who have a, who need a voice. And it's our voice that's going to change things. It's not the voice of the media or this this charade that's being played. And we all just need to go find something that we care about and focus on it because that energy begins to expand outward and touch people that we never come in contact with. Yes, yes, and. You know, I I feel like more and more of us. You know, this show, Daniel, years ago. It's just, I'm just I'm not a trained radio host. I'm just a grassroots person who started talking on on blog talk. And you know, we can do this and just be ourselves. I agree. And, and talk about what we really believe in. And you know, these miracles they are possible, and we know it. So. Oh, hey, um, I'm a living one. You are a miracle. I have no problems. You I'm a living are. miracle to it. And, you and I just, want to thank you for I want to thank yeah, you for having ahead. me on this show. I just want to thank oh, you for well, having me on the show, and I look forward. I think it's in February. I don't know yep. what. Uh, yes, but, it is, and I'll be there again in that same. I don't know where they'll put you, Daniel, but yeah, the Conscious Life Expo. I go every year. It's it's a little yeah, late I enjoy this year. It. It's in. I think it's February 22nd, that weekend. So, yes, um, you know, I, I I hope, you know, people will come by your booth. You always do wonderful work there supporting the Twilight Brigade because there's a lot of people who come through that expo and they stop by your booth. And, and I'm, and I'm, I'm happy to see that. You are there with the people and you talk to everybody. I mean, you give people hugs. You you are so... Yeah, there's a lot of hugging and kissing going on oh, if you come to my, my booth. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, you better believe it. And, you know, I sit right there and see all that going on, and, and I welcome people. You know, we're just it's just a real welcome corner of the expo, assuming you're going to be in the same place. But wherever you are. Well, wherever you know, we are, I'll come over people. and sit and do some hugging and kissing in yours. Well, that would be just fine. You just come on over, Daniel. Uh, you keep up the good work, and you be blessed, and let everybody who's listening know that they're loved and deeply appreciated. Yes, yes, absolutely. Take care, dear soul. You are just All a right. wonderful presence here. Thank you so much. And you are too. Be blessed, Susan. Thank you. You too. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye. Okay, just to wrap up the show, I didn't get a chance while we were live. We added a new 
a new show. I'll make sure we get the word out. But those of you listening to the podcast can listen to these shows anytime. Yes, this is our sixth year, which is just so amazing. And this show, you know, it really comes from the heart. And what you're going to see as we unfold here is, you know, I really want to bring on all kinds of different perspectives on things. Listen, you know, we need to listen more just to hear different perspectives. And what I see more and more is far too many of us are totally wrapped up in one form of spinning something or the other or, you know, arguing with one another over something. And it doesn't mean that we can't each have our independent points of view and feel very strongly within our hearts about those things. But the more that we listen and the more that we find our way to compassion, that core of compassion, that heart place, that place where miracles exist, that is the real answer. And, you know, I, I, I know it's hard when we're in the midst of this election season um, that there's just so much going on and it's easy to get really emotional about issues and things. We all do. But if we can only more and more see the divine at the center of everything and rise above it and find that way to a compassionate, enlightened society. And that's going to mean crossing lines where we're not all subdivided into these little groups because a lot of these issues rise above any particular party. There are just people emerging that are people of the heart. That is what matters and the love at the center is what matters. Heaven on earth. You know, we talked about prophecy today. What comes after end times prophecy? Those of you who were raised like I was, heaven on earth. Well, what if heaven on earth is coming about in a different way than what we really were led to understand? What if it's actually here and we need to see it and we need to trust in our creator? So with that said, I am, oh, I almost forgot. I do have another show coming up. I got carried away here for a minute. Um, Friday, 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern, a little bit later than usual, day before Halloween, um, October 30th, 2015, for those of you listening, who knows when. Um, Brenda Michaels is coming back on. She uh, healed from cancer, had a very long journey, and many of us know people who have experienced dramatic healings. Look at Daniel. He came back from the dead. He was struck by lightning, and he came back more than once. So um, we're going to talk about miracles on Friday. Um, Brenda Michaels is coming on to talk about You Can Heal. And I want to note that also coming up, I'm not going to be speaking this year. Actually, I think I'm going to sit and watch some of these wonderful speakers, many of whom have been on the show. There's a number of people coming to the Body, Mind, Spirit Expo in Portland, Oregon. And it's usually, although not always in the fall, I tend to have booze in the spring. Um, but you never know when I'm going to have a booze at the Body, Mind, Spirit Expo. But this year, unless I have a last-minute decision where I decide to have one, and you just never know, um, you may find me just watching and listening and looking for more new wonderful people to bring on the show and, and also meeting some people I've never met who've been on the show. And 
Brenda Michaels is going to be speaking at the Body, Mind, Spirit Expo. Um, Her talk is Sunday afternoon, and now I need to look at my calendar because I'm just totally doing this impromptu. Um, Make sure I have the dates right. It's November 7th and 8th. And go to bmse.net, and you can get a discount coupon. It's really cheap to get in there. Um, It's only like, um, I think, $12, maybe $11 with the coupon for the whole weekend. And you can hear all these speakers go to their booths. And also Paul O'Brien, who's been on this show more than once, he's doing a talk on Saturday afternoon, and you can buy tickets for that. Um, He's going to talk about the art of perfect timing. So I invite you to check that out. And then there are other people who have been on this show who are going to be there. I think I saw, and I'm probably going to miss some of them, but I know, I'm pretty sure Linda Backman's going to be there um, and um, Diane Bischoff-James. I'm really looking forward to meeting her. We, we haven't met, um, although we had a wonderful show together at one point, and I know there are more. I'm probably, like, again, Like I'm saying, I'm sure I'm missing them because I'm just thinking off the top of my head. But the thing is, we've had so many wonderful people on this show. FrontierBeyondFear.com is the place to go to find our archive. Now we've got five years' worth of shows out there. It's spreading to more podcast directories. I am thrilled about that. Um, I'm I'm going to work on getting it out even more. I'm still going to work on getting some indexing going on the site so you can find, you know, multiple shows by different guests who've been on and topics and things. And, and step by step, I get closer to getting all of that together. But just go to FrontierBeyondFear.com, and you also find out about upcoming shows. We've got Another NDE person on who Daniel knows well, he was on a panel with her, PMH Atwater's coming back on the show on November 9th. She just verified, and she's been on the show several times, and I know PMH. I do some work with PMH, and I'm just so delighted to be helping her. And she's a wonderful soul. So she'll be coming on November 9th, I think at noon Pacific, if I recall. So lots of cool things to look forward to. Um, And if you feel so led to support this show, um, energetic prayers, all kinds of support are welcome, as well as those things that will help with the day-to-day costs. I welcome that. This show's a gift from the heart. And the time I spend here, I am just in such a state of joy when I'm doing it. But it is very much a gift from my heart. And if you feel so led to support the operational costs, there's a way to do that on FrontierBeyondFear.com. And I welcome that very much, as well as your prayers and your energetic support, however you feel led. Thanks again, everyone. I will see you next time. And you find yourself in a space of compassion and peace and help one another. How can we bring our love out into the world? One to one to one. Let that be our goal in the hours and days to come. Take care, everyone. Thank you.